I, I would describe my circumstances as now if I were if I were really to, to speak from from the heart please speak from the heart I suppose I'm trying to get at the problem from a, a wide lens a, a, a long view hey, yo welcome to the eighth episode of wide lens long view I'm Jeremy Wolf a writer educator and so-called life coach from the greater Philadelphia area. And I'm very excited to be getting into one of my absolute favorite subjects today, the roles of fun and play in the human experience. And part of that involves looking at some of our non-human siblings as well. As always, if you like what you hear, like, follow, rate, all that digital media validation, I tend to be dismissive of it, I know, but it does serve as a means of helping people potentially connect with the show. And so in that sense, it has some modicum of value. <laughs> Even cooler though, feel free to write me an email, widelenslongview at gmail.com. Want to talk to me about being a life coach or a support person for you or someone you know? Drop me a line and we'll see if I'm a good fit for your support needs. Want to just comment on the show? Suggest a topic? Challenge something I've said? Ask a question about something you'd like to hear me develop further? Same John, widelenslongview at gmail.com. Hit me up, Hiru. So, fun. Play. Superficially simple topics that belie fascinating depth. Topics that are, in fact, essential to understanding the human species as we have practically developed here on Earth. To begin in true wide lens, long view fashion, let's go real macrocosmic. We're going to start with an evaluative frame through which to view all of existence. But I promise we're going to tie it all back to fun and play. One cosmological framework we can view the universe through is the concept of trial and error. Everywhere, all the time, things are doing things and sometimes those things fail. Within that failure, a broad array of scenarios are possible. Everything from mm, that could have gone better to bad bets and broken bones, all the way up to the annihilation of the thing in question. In this conceptual framework, trial and error is the process, success and failure are the results. And it's worth mentioning here, this is a valuable cosmological thought model, but it's nothing anyone should endorse as saying, oh, yo, the most meaningful way to think about everything is on a success-fail model. It's a dull tool for simplifying a huge, complex universe, a lens through which we can simply filter out a lot of noise and isolate a specific layer for closer examination. So, okay, we can see where this is going, right? If our trial and error cosmological model is saying trial is the action and error is a possible outcome, and further, that bad bets, broken bones, ultimate annihilation are on the table as possible outcomes of that error state, we're going to want some practice swings. This gets us to our utilitarian concept of play. Play 
as an ongoing exercise to build the skills to succeed in a risky universe. This is where we might take a minute to hang out with our siblings. Humans are really good at it, but all kinds of animals play. Mammals especially, but also birds and fish. I can't say for reptiles or arthropods, plants, fungi, stones, planets, and stars, but it would surprise me if they didn't practice some form of what we might call play. Anyone who's spent time around mammals or birds has seen the play dynamic in action. Chasing, wrestling, mock fighting, moving the body in weird ways just to see what'll happen, pushing at the boundaries of what is known and reinforcing what knowledge exists. Interesting, too, to note that in a relaxed environment where everyone feels safe, all sorts of species will interact with each other through play. It's sort of antithetical to the nature red of tooth and claw aspect. There's this nature, you know, where zebras and elephants befriend each other, and rabbits and deer play chase in the meadow, and foxes and cats hang out and groom each other. This place is awesome. Play, we can say, is vitally important. So important, in fact, that it has an integrated incentive system to encourage and reward us when we get to playing. Fun. There's a whole complex neurochemical engine to ensure that we seek and engage in play, and the shorthand for it comes down to play feeling fun. So we gamble, we flirt, we shoot hoops, we swing bats and clubs and rackets, we play video games, board games, role-playing games, we race cars, we make sports leagues, we hold quadrennial olympiads, all because it's fun. And that is so important. That's us as humans working as intended. The fun incentive system and the play drive are extremely important. Music, art, philosophy, culture, language, technology, science, all emerge as a result of taking play seriously, understanding play as the most essentially human of undertakings. Put it this way, the United Nations is a staggeringly impressive human achievement built on centuries, if not millennia, of accumulated knowledge, mastery, technology, all of that. The United Nations is the undoing of the Tower of Babel myth. Hmm? Wild stuff. Who cares? Very few of us pay attention because it's not very interesting, let alone fun. Now, the Olympics, on the other hand, mm, way more interesting. Humans getting together to play on the grandest scale. Whole nations represented, teams, individuals, all sorts of different games with different rules for different body types, different means of engagement from the very simple, like, here's some water, swim fast, to here's something heavy, pick it up, to complex sports like ice hockey, 
requiring lots of specialized equipment, a specialized play space, specialized players, all to achieve thrilling spectacle. I don't mean to overstate the point, and I, I don't think the Olympics is the end goal of human social evolution, but it's worth looking at the Olympics as more than just a collection of jocks who appear every four years and take over the box art in the cereal aisle. In one view, the Olympics are our species operating at our human best, collectively playing in lots of different ways, without killing, without violence. Ultimately, what brings us there is the simple joy of the play itself. The exact same dynamic is at work at the couple's board game night down the street, or the bridge club down the local senior center, or Quizzo at Charlie's every Tuesday. Gotta make time to play, human. It's literally what you're built to do. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wide Lens Long View. I'll be back on topic in a little bit different approach next week when we talk about the role of play in education and young mind development. Stuff's important, man. Until that time, hit me up on that email addy, widelenslongview at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, all that. Recommend the show to a friend, someone who you think might get something from what we have going on here. Recommend the show to a total stranger. Just be all obtuse and inscrutable. That's fun sometimes. I'm going to put the Phillies game on the radio and get back to writing. Talk to you soon. <laughs>